Madonna Song by Song is a new book by author Mark Andrews and it is brilliant. I got an advanced copy, well the podcast is actually mentioned in it and I just could not wait to speak to Mark and to have him speak to you as well. So here's a special episode as we gear up to our live one and it's an interview with Mark talking about not just how he wrote the book, why he wrote the book and what's in the book but his lifelong love of Madonna and he has some really interesting insights plus all the gossip you could ever want to know about songs like Time Stood Still. It's all coming up. Here we go as we go once more Inside the Groove. Mark, welcome to Inside the Groove and I'm very excited about your book because in some ways it's kind of like the, what we do on the podcast but in, in book form because well, it's called Song by Song, which kind of explains what it is, but how would you describe it in a nutshell? Well, I, I mean, it, it is as the title suggests. I mean, it's every song in the back catalogue, you know, basically, you know, in a handy guide explained you know, at your fingertips, basically. It's a cheat sheet, if you like, really. So you go through each song that Madonna's released, kind of in order of when we would have first heard them, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, the 40 years then, basically. Indeed. And you also include, and I'll come on to this bit more, but you include some of the, the rarities and the, the lesser known things as well. So it's not just the album tracks and B-sides. Yeah, no. So, I mean, it's for you know people who are maybe new to Madonna, people who know a bit of Madonna, and also, you know, the people who are diehard Madonna fans and, you know, have been longing for this book so that, you know, you can find out, you know, all those things about, you know, angels with dirty faces and mm -hmm. the, this, the, all, all those sort of B-sides B that only the devout Madonna fans know about. But actually, there, there's some very interesting stories and stuff and material there as well that needs to, that, you know, I hope that with every entry that you at least find something interesting, even if you're not that interested in the song, perhaps, that you actually find something interesting to read about it as well. Well, definitely. I mean, I've I've been devouring it. I thank you so much for sharing it. And I know a lot of the listeners are going to be very interested in it. But I want to find out about you and your Madonna credentials. So I can tell from your accent that you're from Australia. In fact, I think you're from Melbourne. Is that right? That's right. Well, I'm born in Melbourne. So the same place as Kylie Minogue, but just two years before her. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> me and the Minogues, we go way back, obviously. Um <laughs> And uh, then I grew up in Brisbane, actually. My parents moved up to Queensland. And so that's where I grew up in, spent my formative years in, in Queensland. And that was where I had my first, obviously, Madonna experience when I went into a, my first gay bar in 1984, all, all, that, all those decades Gosh. back. Exactly. And, uh, and I heard two songs being played there. One was, you, well, I can remember two songs being played. One was Dead or Alive, You Spin Me Around, which mm -hmm. was just like, you know, the place just went like a crazy party. And uh, then the other song they played, I remember, was uh, Madonna's Burning Up, which just went, everyone just turned into a, a basic, like they were a slut on the dance floor. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, just <laughs> on my knees begging, please, you know, just literally reenacting re the video kind of thing. And yes, in, in Australia was the, the territory, I think, where Burning Up actually did the best. And that's, that's right. Because of, that's because of the video play that it got in Australia but through uh, Countdown and Ian Molly Meldrum, her, who was a big uh, proponent of hers very early on. So I've told this story before, maybe not on our podcast, but on, on other ones where I got to go to Brisbane in 1982. I was a little bit younger than you. I was 12. So I wouldn't have been going to gay bars around then, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and I first became aware of Countdown and Molly Meldron. I don't think he was championing Madonna at just that point. But he's a big reason for her success, Dan Ander. And it's not even just Madonna. I think also groups like ABBA were famous in 
Australia. Well, yeah, because- I mean, look, Ab- ABBA really have their career to thank to Ian Molly Meldrum, not to get off too off topic, but you know they played the Mamma Mia clip when ABBA didn't want to release it as a single. They had they made a video for it, but they didn't want to release it. They thought they released enough singles from that album, and they mm-hmm. still hadn't had their sort of big breakthrough again. They'd had Water, and then it all gone a bit sort of soft. And uh, Ian Molly Meldrum and Countdown just kept pushing and pushing, saying, look, people are going nuts for Mamma Mia. You have to have the, We have to release this. And so they, they tested it in Australia. Of course, it went to number one. And then after that, it was released in the UK. And that began their you know, string of number ones, basically, then from in 1976. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed, there's there's a big correlation between ABBA and Madonna, I find, especially oh, yes, with us Brit, Brits and, Aust- and Australians. And there's a huge number of listeners to this podcast um, who are from Australia as well. And of course, Darren Hayes is a big fan of the podcast and he went, he did sort of the reverse of your journey, didn't he? He went from Brisbane to Melbourne. He did, but you know, I loved I loved Darren, and Darren actually wrote the foreword for one of my books, actually that uh, came out about ten years, no, ten, eleven years ago. We did uh, the history of smash hits in Australia, and he wrote this really touching foreword for the book as well, which was really lovely of him. Because that's that's your sort of jumping on point with journalism, isn't it? You were editor mm-hmm. of Australian smash hits, is that right? Well, I was, but I mean, before that, I mean, so I had three stints. I had eighty-eight to ninety was um, working for as a journalist at Smash Hits Australia. Then I moved over to the UK and uh, worked for the Smash Hits, the mothership for two years. And uh, then they asked me to come back to be the editor because they loved me so much in 1992. So I was editor of Smash Hits Australia from 1992 to 95 then. So going back to when was it 1984 and that first time you heard Burning Up by Madonna, was that your sort of jumping on point with her or did it take a while before you really sort of got? You know what, it's because you know, in 1984, if, if I recall, there was a lot, there was a lot of big new female artists and there was, I remember there were three, I mean, there was three, there was Madonna, there was Cindy Lauper and there was also a woman who sort of people thought have forgotten about now, her name was Shannon and she mm-hmm. had uh, this terrific record, which I was reminded of yesterday, I heard it here playing in a club yesterday, Let the Music Play. And I think yeah. everyone, and that was kind of like this, this, perfect synthesis of you know post-punk disco new new wave kind of sound and electronics and everyone thought that's going to be the sound that's going to go as far and also everyone thought you know Cindy Lauper she's the one that's going to last she's got the talent this Madonna girl okay she's sexy she's got a couple of songs but she's not going to last look where we are now <laughs> so what was the Madonna song that really grabbed you as a fan or turned you into a fan well, I, I guess it's because my first boyfriend, which was also 1984, he bought me the the 12-inch, of course, of uh, Like a Virgin. And so, you know, after that, you know, that was that was it, basically. You know, me and Madonna and 12 inches. So, <laughs> so would you say that's your favourite Madonna song or, or is there another one? I know my favourite Madonna song is Frozen, definitely Frozen. Ah, yeah, I think it, all, it always will be Frozen. I just think... Why is that? I mean... It's just such a perfect, surprising, ethereal song. I remember the first time I heard it, I was teaching in Germany in the middle of nowhere in this place where they used to have the Soviets in East uh, Germany. They used to have rallies at all kinds of places. And it was now a training center for for people when after the two Germanys came together. And I remember it came on the radio and I remember the announcer said this in German. And they said, here's the new song for Madonna. It sounds just like Björk and this is not going to be a hit. (laughs) <laughs> and I heard it, and I heard the song, and I thought, and I just remember, I got those chills up my spine. You know, it's just, it's just so, it's just so perfect. It's such a perfect song, you know. And I still get the chills when I hear it. I mean, just it transports me back to that place. And that whole album is just such a beautiful body of work. 
you know, from mm-hmm. beginning to end. And, you know, I just, whenever I, I need my comfort Madonna album, that's the one I put on. So what do you think of uh, the ongoing remixes of, of Frozen that we're getting at the moment? Are you enjoying them? Well, I mean, I'm not quite sure what the point of them is, but uh, I mean, look, you know, I'm, I'm open to hearing, you know, different interpretations of Frozen and, you know, updates and variations on a theme. It's, and I mean, I've, 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 I think the, the Fireboy version is, it takes us, you know, what is quite a haunting song and mm-hmm. actually has made it even sadder, really, because it's kind, kind of like now got this heartbreak rap on it, all about you broke my heart, this kind of thing, which I guess is kind of true to the original, you know, love is a bird, mm-hmm. she needs to fly kind of vibe so it's interesting i'm not quite sure where this is going i mean i remember madonna once said you know she called kanye the black madonna i kind of wonder if this is madonna you know she's turned into the white kanye a little bit doing this in a way <laughs> so maybe maybe this is her her way of changing changing the the narrative perhaps no i'm always intrigued with frozen because i hear it as a ballad but it's actually a lot faster than a lot of her mid-tempo songs. I don't know if you class it as a ballad or not, because what I wanted to ask you is your favourite Madonna ballad, and if it's not Frozen, what would that be? Ooh, my favourite Madonna ballad. I, th- I mean, I had so many to choose from, but am I allowed a couple, or am I only you're only allowing me? Oh, one? you you can you can give a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Well, I think I think the the one that I love the most is this used to be my playground. And I mm-hmm. think um, Shep Pettibone doesn't get enough credit for, you know, writing beautiful ballads. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. everyone talks about the, you know, Vogue, Rescue Me and Deeper and Deeper, of course, all the big dance numbers. But, you know, he did some beautiful ballads for Madonna, mm-hmm. you know, Bad Girl, Rain. And also I think another beautiful one he did is In This Life, which I mm-hmm. think is such a beautiful, special song. And I remember that also is so special for me because when I went and saw The Girly Show, in Australia in 1993, saw it live. And uh, we'd already had her concert had already been postponed once because of bad weather. And Mm -hmm. the night that we got finally got to see her, it was also threatening to storm. And, and then it, and, you know, it was almost going to storm almost on it and just sort of held off. And then she, she did in this life. And I swear my friends and I, we was, we were all holding hands because it, it meant a lot for us because, you know, this is the time when we, you know, before we had treatment for AIDS basically, and people were still dying mm-hmm. from it. And so we knew people who were dying and or had died. And so it meant a lot to us, this song. And when she sang this song, I swear the clouds above parted and suddenly the moon shone down and the moonlight was shining on us and all of my friends and I remember we I mean we we'll, we talk about it to this day we were just holding hands we were like oh my god what just happened here something wow. special has really happened now and so for me that song just is such a special moment basically so going back to the book I have to ask you about your research because obviously mm-hmm. I do a lot of it for the podcast as well but you've right. gone through absolutely every song did you have a process for how you would research each one I, well, I did, you know, my process was, you know, to basically uh, I started with let's find the most interesting, the stuff that you need to know and then the interesting mm-hmm. stuff and then really dig deep and find stuff that maybe you didn't know or maybe, you know, it, often when you look at different songwriters or producers, um, that kind of stuff, then that kind of sets you down into different rabbit holes. Sometimes it takes you into weird places that you don't need to go. Other times it can lead you into places that you didn't expect and you can find out stuff that's actually really useful for you mm-hmm. as well and that you can put into some of that stuff as well to sort of add in bits and pieces or, you know, sometimes just strange facts pop up. Like, for example, that, you know, Madonna was 34 when she recorded Rain and Lady Gaga was 34 when she re- recorded Rain on Me. 
you know, just fun, <laughs> wow. fun, strange things like that kind of thing just sort of pop up and you think, oh, that's fun. And I should put that in. And, and, and I wanted the book to be a fun read. I didn't want it to be forensic. That was the thing. No. I want you to, when you read the book, that you get that sense of your passion or the sense of joy that you hear when you uh, listen to Madonna's music. I wanted that to come through in the book and hopefully that does. One of the entries that I really enjoyed because it's kind of the forensic analysis of a song that I like to do, is the entry about Time Stood Still. Now, that's a fan favourite. It wasn't released as a single. It's from the soundtrack for The Next Best Thing. Yeah. But you reveal some information about that song that even I didn't know. Um, oh, wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. I mean, I don't know if you can remember much about that particular entry. Well, um, no, I can because, I mean, look, that, that's, that's another great ballad. And, and also, I think that's a great ballad. You know, that's a great William Orbit ballad. And he mm-hmm. doesn't get enough credit for, you know, those tracks. Kind of, you know, that's after Ray of Light, before he kind of, you know, finished up on with, he did a you know, couple of tracks on the music album. And in between, we have, you know, the, the two songs he did for The Next Best Thing, American Pie, mm-hmm. Time Stood Still. And then also that other really beautiful song he did with Ricky Martin and Madonna, the mm-hmm. Be Careful, which I think is such a great song. I mean, who else, you know, manages somehow to make this Latino electronica fused <laughs> ballad? I mean, you know, it was just mind-blowing at the time. It's such a shame that that didn't get released as a, a single, you know, because of record yeah. politics, because that's such a great find. And I recommend to anyone who wants a great undiscovered Madonna classic, go and dig that one out, be careful. But anyway, the, the story you wanted to know about was about Time Stood Still. And, uh, I mean, I just find this hilarious, this story. I mean, this probably says about how dippy um, William Orbit is that, you know, five years after he'd kind of done this song with Madonna, he gives all these instrumentals that he has sitting around his house, I presume, gives them to this new artist called Ellie Lawson and says, oh, you know, take these, see what you can do with them. She comes back and she's got this, <laughs> this song that she's written called Inside Out. The only thing is she's used, you know, the base, the instrumental, or the, the backing for that was already on time stood still. So then, of course, that meant that you know someone had to speak to Madonna about this and get her permission. <laughs> and I think the the funny thing about this is then as well that ten years later, Madonna recorded a song then called Inside Out as well on Rebel Heart, which is kind of funny coincidence. Hmm. Wow, I'm sure she was heavily inspired. Heavily inspired. But, but um, the other thing about t- Time Stood Still and also her, the, the version by Ellie Lawson is you can really see two very different artists at work there. The, the Madonna one, it shows how good Madonna is at balladry. That she gives a song a chance to breathe. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's not so many words. You know, it's, it, 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 the melody, you know, grabs you, takes you in, you know, takes you to that sort of, you know, sort of special mournful but sort of, you know, healing kind of place. Whereas I think the uh, Ellie Lawson, it, it kind of sounds exactly like what she is, like sort of this this hipster who's sort of, you know, you know, a, t- a very talkative hipster, you know, kind of thing, a <laughs> 20-something 20, 20 hipster. So two very different takes on something there. But And, you know, look, you know, Madonna's gone on to have a 40-year career and Ellie Lawson unfortunately didn't. So, Well, indeed. So the other thing you touch on in the book is it's not just the songs, it's the videos as well. Tell us a bit about what you say about videos, etc. Well, you know, look, for, for Madonna, obviously, you know, it's, the visuals are, 
you know, a very big part of her success. And, you know, actually it's not just the, uh, what we tried to do with the book was I realised that, you know, for most entries, there's not even just a video entry, but there's also the remix entry too. Mm-hmm. It's also very important, you know, because so many of those remixes have sort of led on to either works, Madonna has worked with other people later on who's re- who've remixed her or, you know, just very important people along the way kind of thing who've, who've, who've worked on her, her, on her material kind of thing. And so, you know, for example, you know, nothing really matters. For as you know, it has it was kind of like the final single from Ray of Light. D- didn't perform as well as it should have, really, but has a very you know bizarre video that's worth doc- which has become a drag queen favorite. And when you see it, you know, you kind of understand why. And, and it's directed by the guy Johan Rennick, who obviously won an Emmy for doing Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. And is also involved in the new ABBA um, Avatar tour as well. So um, mm-hmm. he's a big name. And obviously he later on when did the Hung Up video. As well. So there's very interesting things there about that. And then the remix of that, I think the remix of Nothing Really Matters, Club 69, which was Peter Rauhoff, mm-hmm. the Austrian DJ. I mean, he did such great work there. He got Madonna. You know, it, that's that's mm-hmm. if you want to sort of a, a, a snapshot of what sort of 90s, you know, dirty 90s gay house music sounds like, you know, Mm -hmm. know, where the place would literally, as we say in Australia, it just went off. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the remix to put on that Nothing Really Matters version by by Club 69. So talking of remixes, and you do discuss this in the book, a debate that I often have is which is the best version of Like a Prayer? Essentially, you've got two versions. You've got the Mm-hmm. Patrick Leonard's Bill Betrell versions based on the album and then you've got the Shep Pettibone house mixes which are very very different they completely restructure the song Madonna has never performed that original version live she always goes down the well, starting with the, the Shep Pettibone route but then yeah. progressing on which do you prefer? Well look I'm a huge Shep Pettibone fan and, and also I think the, the key point with that Like a Prayer remix of his is that it's the point to then to obviously then he remixed Express Yourself and the mm-hmm. Express Yourself remix is then where then the next jumping off point to Vogue. So they, they all sort of mm-hmm. have, they all sort of lead to somewhere, those kind of, those yeah. remixes, if you listen to them. And so I think it's, you know, and, and I remember like in 1989 when hearing that remix when you're on the dance floor, you know, it just sounded like nothing else out there. And, you know, it mm-hmm. was, it just commanded the dance floor basically. The other remixes are, are interesting, and I think, you know, you can certainly say that, you know, for Madonna's career, she's made some very interesting choices remix-wise. And, you know, getting that balance of crowd-pleasing and, you know, sort of critical names on sort of remixes, that's, a, that's fairly hard to juggle, actually. But generally, they've been pretty good at it, I think. And even up to, you know, I Don't Search, I Find, you know, where you had, you know, 15, 16 or whatever different remixes, you know, and you had those amazing Honey Dijon mixes, of that, yeah. which I just thought were, which I think are the best piece of Madonna music since Confessions on the Dance Floor, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, there's rumours that she might work with Honey Dijon, and I know they've been spotted together. In fact, Madonna was at a Honey Dijon gig very recently. So I guess that leads me to ask, where would you like to see Madonna's music go next? Yeah, well, look, you know, as soon as I heard that, you know, Honey Dijon was involved in, you know, this 50 Dance Hits number one project, I thought mm-hmm. this is where, you know, Madonna needs to be, basically. This is a perfect fit kind of thing. I heard Honey Dijon playing in 2019 before the pandemic happened. I went and heard her playing in a club and there's a, there was a mix of, of Vogue that she, she played and she, mm-hmm. she mixed it with this house record called Can You Party by Royal House. 
Mm-hmm. And it just blew my mind, I remember. And and she's also, she, I mean, you saw Madonna just you know a few days ago. She was in a club dancing to another Vogue remix that mm-hmm. Honey Dijon's done. So my hope is that, you know, Honey Dijon has gone back through the back catalogue and, mm-hmm. you know, not just picked out the best remixes, but, you know, she's gone and she's reinvented them and she's remixed them, you know, because she's so good at what she does. Yeah. That would be that would be fantastic. That's what we that need, be, I think. Yeah, in, in, indeed. I mean, do you ever see Madonna sort of doing a, a bit like Kylie did when she did the Abbey Road re reversions of stuff? You know, Madonna, we can't. Unlike, we know. I'd say it's unlikely. Look, Madonna's always been. You know, I've done this, and now I'm kind of moving on. And, you know, you know, she's she's not. You know, sometimes you know she'll take a moment to stop, like the something to remember album where she wanted to sort of reflect on the fact that you know a lot of her great ballads has kind of been forgotten about because of all the hoo ha about the sex book and so on. You know, generally she's very forward thinking. I mean, you know, live for example, when she performs her songs, you know, she doesn't sort of just perform them as they're on the record. You know, she makes a point of you know I'm going to redo this. I want to make this interesting for myself. You know, I don't want to just do what I've done already. You know, that's that's boring and. You know, some of those amazing versions, I think the the version she did of, was it on the Confessions Tour where she did music and she mixed in Disco Inferno? It was mm-hmm. just, you know, mind-boggling. I mean, that was just fantastic, you know, and uh, things like that are so exciting, so, ex- you know, and just show that she's willing to you know, keep, you know, moving on, moving forward as an artist, which is why we love her, I guess. Indeed. So when you were going through the book, were there any songs that you'd kind of forgotten about, or maybe not forgotten, but had put to one side that you thought... Wow, that's a really great Madonna. I mean, look, there's there's plenty of songs that you know I keep, you know, I do think about. I mean, maybe the one, you know, I, there's there's two actually that I think, you know, I would point people to and then say, you know, you need to listen to these. These two should have been singles from the Bedtime Stories album. There's the Don't Stop track, mm-hmm. and and this is something that I didn't even realize, and I didn't even have this in the book actually. You know, I found this just when I was, you know, because you know I'm such a devout Madonna fan. I was just. Mm-hmm went into another Madonna rabbit hole. And, and I realized that I thought this, you know, when she's, the, the lyrics in the song are a little bit what I thought were banal when she sings, sing la di da I thought, mm-hmm. what is that? that's a bit nothing. But then I realized actually, and, and someone pointed it out, that it's referencing the song la di da by Dougie Fresh from 1985, ah. which is this classic hip hop track. So that's why, and if you listen to the vibe of that record, it actually reflects that record. So there's something that, you know, because of, you know, I I didn't get that reference until now kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it actually makes so much more sense to me now. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool, actually. And Madonna was, you know, totally in the middle of her R&B phase then, so that made sense. So that's one song I think, you know, really should have, is worth you know, digging out and having listened to. And another one would be the Massive Attack one, I Want You, which was on, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of hidden away on the, the Something to Remember um, compilation in 1995. You know, mm-hmm. what, what a terrific version of that Marvin Gaye song, you know, because yeah. a lot of other people have tackled it and done it, but Madonna t- managed to turn it into this haunting but kind of sexy track kind of thing. And, you know, it's up there with the best of the Massive Attack songs. I think. And it it is thing. indeed. And I think it also points towards songs like Frozen on Ray of Light. It's kind of got the, yeah. the similar sort of, no, of exactly. thing I mean, going on. You can on. see that this is where Madonna is definitely edging to kind of thing, you know, and mm-hmm. that's where she really, really wants to go kind of thing, you know. And, uh, you know, thankfully, c- courtesy of, you know, William Orbit, she got there th- and, uh, you know, and produced, you know, I think her finest album, if not the finest pop album of all time. Well, I don't think many people would disagree with you there. What if you are, okay, you've got a party to put on. What's the Madonna song that really gets people up on the dance floor that, you know, gets the party started? 
Well, I can tell you this, and uh, I mean, this is clear because my uh, my husband just had his 50th birthday last year, and it was mm-hmm. literally, we'd just come out of lockdown, and we had it at, at um, I mean, this is going to sound so absolutely fabulous, we had it at the Champagne Bar at Harvey Nicks, and, and everyone came, and, the, and as soon as Holiday was played, the place just erupted. It was like <laughs> a celebration kind of thing, and that's actually my husband's favourite Madonna song too, so, so you know, any, that, that's a party start. I mean, it's, it's a weddings, parties, anything song, you know, that one. Basically, the other song that you know really is uh, very interesting, I think, as well, is Vogue because I had this experience when I was in Bulgaria at a wedding a couple of years ago, and I was asked to do the music for this uh, a wedding, and um, there were all these um, Bulgarian peasant women. We were in the middle of the forest here, kind of thing, and they were all responsible for the food and the, the tables and the organising. And then when the dancing started, they all wanted to watch, of course, watch all these strange people dancing and stuff. <laughs> and then when Vogue came on, they all suddenly rushed to the dance floor. And started striking poses and voguing kind of thing. And, you know, wow. "Wow." And I was like, where did this come from? And I asked my friend's husband, who um, is Bulgarian, and and he told me, he said, look, in 1990, this was one of the first Western songs that we heard. And, you know, voguing for us, this song means freedom. It means liberation from communism, from, you know, from what we've been through, from oppression, basically. So it has a very deep meaning for us there. Wow, that's that's astonishing story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I'm going to ask you a question that not everybody wants to answer, and then some people really love to answer, but I think I might be able to persuade you. What's the one Madonna song you perhaps really don't like very much? Oh, I can tell you that one in an instant. There's a track <laughs> called Auto-Tune Baby, which is on the Rebel Heart album. It just It's like kind of like a studio joke that, you know, just should have stayed in the, the studio. <laughs> you know, look, I, one of my beefs with Madonna is Auto-Tune. I mean, you know, Madonna has such a, such a, a great, rich, emotive voice. Mm-hmm. The problem with Auto-Tune is that when you put that on a voice, it just drains all of the richness and the emotion out of it. And I mm-hmm. think that's, for example, that's the reason why Living for Love, which is a very strange choice for a first single, mm-hmm. the very first uh, a verse of that song or the first part of that song it doesn't actually even sound like Madonna. And mm-hmm. that's something that's never really happened before, I think, in a Madonna song where you, you know, because normally you could instantly go, oh, that's Madonna. But with this mm-hmm. one, you're like, is that Madonna or is it someone who sort of sounds a bit robotic or is it kind of thing? And mm-hmm. I just think it's a it's a it's a relationship that hasn't been that ha- has had some interesting moments, but I would just wish that Madonna would get back to realizing you know she has a great voice you know it's what draws people in and we'd like to hear more of it, please. So what was what would be the Madonna song that would be played at your funeral? Oh, the Madonna song that would be played at my funeral. Oh, the power of goodbye. Brilliant, and of course it's from your favorite <laughs> album. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and the, and the the full version as well. I mean, if you know, the leaked version came out you know, a couple of years after the album, but that had this sort of that extra, almost like a minute, I guess, on the beginning kind of thing, yeah. which you know, makes it even more sort of stirring and haunting, which is really lovely. So let me get this right. You're in Miami at the moment. You're from Australia. No, no, um, I'm in Palm you- Springs. So, which if oh, people don't right. know where Palm Springs is, it's around the corner from Coachella. So, I'm putting in Madonna speak now. So, you know, Madonna <laughs> was, you know, she was in Coachella in 2006. That was yep. her first festival, a gig. And then it's also where she smooched Drake in 2015 yep. at Coachella. And Honey Dijon was playing this. So, just, just like, you know, literally in the weekend that's just passed, you know, we had the big Coachella weekend here. I mean, I wasn't at it because, you know, I'm, I'm not 20 and hip and groovy. But, um, <laughs> and I, I just, I've got other things to do. But, you know, look, I would have, I mean, 
it sounds like a good time and you know and so yes yeah, so at palm springs is it's an oasis in the desert you know not about two hours drive from um from la so you're but you're based in london these days is that right yeah i'm based in london yeah i'm, I'm like madonna you know i moved to to london for uh, for love and marriage you know well like she did want to say <laughs> marriage anyway so well in that case i have to invite you on the 21st of may we're having an inside the groove special at the royal Vauxhall Tavern, and i'd love it if you could come and join us in, in some way would, would you would you come along i'd love to yeah i mean i've, I've even got the right outfit to wear too i've got my justify oh. my love tank top to wear <laughs> perfect perfect so that sounds the perfect place to wear that indeed and where can people get the book if it's not obvious wh- where's the best place for them to purchase your book so it should be available on all the Amazons and um, mm-hmm. in major book retailers online. It should be coming into actual stores in the next few weeks as well. If you, you know, someone who likes to browse bookshelves as well. Failing that, you can also go to the um, publisher's website, which is Font Hill Media, F O N T Hill Media, and you can order the book there as well. So there's, it, sh- it should be around. I think Australia's getting it maybe a little bit later, just because you know things always take a bit long longer to be shipped to australia basically but you know if you can't wait you can always order from the the us or uk amazon sites well listen it's a brilliant book and we've only touched the surface of it you also mentioned all, a lot of unreleased songs that none of us have ever heard and what i love about it is you could sit down and read it from beginning to end or i think what i'm going to do is just dip in and out because it's so rich you, you must be very proud of it I mean, it, it's a fantastic I, publication you know i'm 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 really i was really pleased that I've had such a nice reaction to it because I was a bit scared actually because I was kind of like have I taken on too much here because you know are people really going to start to uh, you know go attack me because I got this wrong or that wrong and I mean there, there was one thing where people are like you know oh you know you 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 said that the broken vinyl single was a, a seven inch but actually it was a 12 inch and I was like okay well look if that's the, the only thing that I managed to get wrong in that entire book then you know hopefully that's not a bad thing but you know a, Madonna Underground called it essential reading, and uh, someone else told me they were giddy when they were reading it. And then another person also told me that it's the perfect toilet bowl reading. And they well, said, we mean this in a nice way, but they mean that, you know, you can sit for hours in, in, the, in the toilet and just read this book. And I thought, well, okay, look, if that floats you both, go for it. Madonna, <laughs> lo- Madonna loves to keep photographing herself in the toilet. So hopefully one it day she'll go in the toilet reading my book, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I just, I've, I've not read it all yet. I've dipped in and out and I just, I have a smile on my face all the time through it. It's just, it's clearly written with love. Um, yeah, it is. And, and, I, and I wanted it to be fun. And I mean, I wish there'd be, I put more jokes in it. I mean, I've written the, a book after that. I've done the Carly Minogue song by song, which is coming out next month. And I put a lot more jokes into that one because by then, I think with Madonna, maybe I was a little bit too reverential. Mm-hmm. But the Carly one, if you're a Carly fan, you'll love that. It's got lots of jokes in it. Well, thanks for spending time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I hope. I hope all the listeners will rush out and get a copy. It's it's worth it, definitely is. And I'll see you in London on the 21st of May. Great, amazing. Great, thanks a lot then, Mark, and I'll speak to you soon. Take care.